evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Fig Nuts podcast. This is Season 5, Episode 27, and if you've been counting at home all this time, why? But if you have, it's Episode number 221. My name is Britt. I'm Craig. And we are here to bring some energy into what was the most boring week of football in modern memory. <laughs> Unless you watch the Bengal game. Even that wasn't that spectacular a <laughs> um, game. It, was... it, it wasn't. It wasn't unless you watched the last, like, 10 minutes. And then it was dumb. <laughs> I don't even remember who they beat. The Raiders. Okay. See, that's that's how not memorable all of the games were this weekend. It was so boring. We'll break those down. We're going to take a look at the, the upcoming slate. But first, let's begin where you always begin. Craig, what are you drinking tonight? So I already opened it because I poured it in a glass before. And I'll be honest, it's my second one because I had one with dinner. Okay. Uh, <laughs> There's this, no judgment here. <laughs> this is an IPA by a local brewery, uh, Aspatuck Brew Lab. I have a true—I always pronounce it wrong. Trubidity Lucidity. Oh, yeah. IPA. Yeah. It's not one of my favorites. That's a drier IPA. It is a little bit drier, yes. More West Coasty. Mm-hmm. That's that's. I mean, it's a solid beer. It's just not one of my personal favorites. So. No, you like you I, like the Winter Feast. Oh, I gotta get a couple cans of Winterfest. Uh, if you only knew I, someone I, who lived near if it. If I only knew somebody who was right next door, I actually, <laughs> I have to come at some point. What's tomorrow? Tomorrow's Thursday. I think I gotta go to my office on Friday, so I might just make a detour after work, Friday afternoon. Oh, then you should just detour to here. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we, we got to talk about that. We still haven't exchanged our Christmas gifts, and I have some lovely gifts for you. So, yeah, so we got we to get that done. All right, we'll figure that out off later. But, uh, so I'm, I'm not drinking alcohol tonight. I've got some soda. I kind of partied hard this weekend with the games and everything. I learned that when you spread the games out across the entire day, Saturday, Sunday, and into Monday night, <laughs> it tends to not be good for my liver, particularly when you put my team on, mon- on Sunday night. Um, it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> Do you remember the game? Yes. I remember every minute of it. I remember throwing things in the beginning and yelling and pointing. And then I remember grabbing my phone and going, this feels like it's going to be one of those nights where Byron Pringle is going to score a touchdown. And like halfway through the first, qu- first quarter, I put like five bucks on Byron Pringle to score a touchdown. And he did like 30 minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God, that timing and that could not be better. So, um, yeah, so, all right, so, so Craig is enjoying his beer. I am not. Let's get right into Burning Hot Takes. Uh, Craig, I've got two for tonight, so I'm just going to go ahead and, okay. and, and give. Sure. Um, so much happened in this weekend's games. My question to you is, is very simply, with the low quality of football that we saw this weekend, was adding two more games to the wild card round a good idea? And before you answer, just keep in mind, the matchups would not have been affected. The only thing that would have been different was that the Steelers would not have made it at all, and the Chiefs would have gotten a week off, and the Eagles wouldn't have made it, and Tampa would have gotten a week off. We still would have had four pretty lousy games. But in general, was it worth it for you to have these extra couple games? Um, If you go by the quality of games, no. Like, the... That Eagles game and the Cardinals game, I mean, I know the Cardinals still would have gotten into it, but just as an example, like, they were just bad. The Dallas game was bad, like, very bad. The the ending of the Dallas game was horrible. (laughs) That's a whole other topic, but yeah. So I don't don't think think it helped. I don't don't think it helped um, at all, really. We'll talk about that next. Um, we'll break down all of the games and talk about the, the weekend uh, that's upcoming. So uh, um, I'm, I'm just pulling up the game results so I don't miss a game because, again, they were all so forgettable that I think I probably will forget one if I don't pull it up on the screen in front of me. Um, all right, there we go. Okay, so yeah, so um, I agree. I Having you sacrificed long-term competitiveness for a short-term game. Giving the Chiefs and the Bucks a week off would make for a better divisional round and a better championship round than you got out of having two extra games in the wild card round. It's a mistake. It's pure greed. It needs to go, and it won't. It won't. But it should. It should. But it won't. It should, but it won't. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, what do you got for me tonight? 
Um, so just going back to um, one of the games, you've been a you've been a fan of Kyler Murray since he's been a rookie. So yeah, I, I just wanted big, to get I've been a big Kyler guy. I just wanted to get your thoughts on it because watching that game and watching him for like the last three seasons, I know he didn't he have like wasn't he out for a little bit last year or this year? Yeah, he missed games. He missed games um, mid to end of last year. year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so j- just by look watching him play, watching the Cardinals play, especially towards the end of the season, and having uh, what's his name Cliff Kingsbury as their coach. Like I just for me I don't feel like it's working in Arizona anymore. Like something something is off and I don't know if it's the coaching, I don't know if it's a team, I don't know if it's Kyler's just not I don't know if it's like grasping it or he can't handle like pressure situations because like you look at the the throw he had in the back of the end zone where he just lofted the ball up underhanded. Yeah. Like what are you doing? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, but yeah. I mean, does, I, like, should he just go back to baseball? Because I think the Athletics still have a contract for him if he ever wants to play. I think, <laughs> I think Kyler Murray is having some trouble with the mental drain of the year. Um, there's the physical aspect that everyone knows about and players learn about in high school. Um, you know that, that the longer a season goes, the more of a drain there is, and the harder it gets to to physically perform the way you want to perform. But I think mentally. There's a massive step up when you go to the NFL. Keep in mind that in college, you play, what, 10 or 11 games, and maybe you make a bowl game. And if you make that bowl game, you usually got at least two or three weeks off between the end of your season. Sometimes a month. You have a month off in some cases between the end of your season and your bowl game. It's, it's different. It's physically different. I think that, and mentally, I think there's a there's a different level of demand at the pros, and I think Kyler has had trouble adjusting to that. The other part of it is they met they lost they were so good when when um, DeAndre Hopkins was on the field. They have no second option at receiver. They just don't. They traded for Zach Ertz, and he was okay, but he didn't save them. Christian Kirk has not become what they wanted him to become. That's and that's a huge part of the problem. I mean, there's just no other way to say it. That is a huge part of the problem. I'm trying. Let me pull up that. Let me pull up that box score for that particular game. Cardinals Rams. Here we go. We're loading. Kyler Murray threw 19 times. Threw 34 times for 19 completions and 137 yards. That's an average of four. Oh, that's 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 a running. 4.0 average. What the hell is that? Leading receiver was Christian Kirk, six for 51. Who's catching the ball here? Rondale Moore is not consistent. Christian Kirk isn't the answer. Eno Benjamin, I didn't even know who he was until this year. You know, where is the leading receiver? I mean, they targeted A.J. Green three times. He couldn't pull it in. Losing DeAndre Hopkins hurt them a lot, and a lot more than anyone is willing to admit. True. So that, that's, that's, where I think, that's what I think it is. It's that they don't have the depth. I'm looking over at the L.A. side... I get three, I, I mean, you read the top four names on Arizona, Kirk, Moore, Benjamin, Ertz. That doesn't stand up to Cup, Beckham, Higby, and Jefferson. It doesn't. And Akers, if he plays. <laughs> Akers caught one pass for 40 yards. Connor caught one for five. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, what do you, I mean, I don't know. It just, it, it, it just feels... They just don't have the depth there that they thought they had, and that's that's a, a big problem. But yes, I do believe that Kyler definitely gets weaker as a season goes on. Um, so I think there's some I think there's some mental conditioning there that he could do. That's that's my opinion on that. So, all right, um, oh, we'll talk about the games upcoming. Uh, let's uh, I, we're gonna put that in the next segment. We'll, we'll recap the last week and start the next week. Um, I, I want to talk to you about Bleacher Reports, Gridiron Heights. <laughs> Gridiron Heights this week, season six, episode 15, is titled Patrick Mahomes and Other Playoff Superstars Take Over the Gridiron Heights Casino. <laughs> I will let you go to watch this yourself, but if you never watch Gridiron Heights on Bleacher Report, first off, you need to start. It's freaking hysterical, and they put so many Easter eggs in these episodes that you have to watch them more than once. One of the Easter eggs is that in the casino, they fly by what looks to be like a sports bar with a bunch of betting screens behind it. 
if you freeze on it, which I did, and screenshot it, which I did, you get to see specific bets that are on the on the on the boards. I'm gonna read you would take. Okay. <laughs> so this is these are wild card weekend baits bets. Hours debating Dak's run choice over under 48 and a half hours. <laughs> Pounds of garbage thrown over under 4,000. <laughs> Chances of a shirtless Fitzmagic plus 100 for yes, minus 3,000 for no. Mention of Big, Bass, Big Ben's, this being Big Ben's last game over under is infinity. <laughs> Shots of giant thermometers because it's cold out, over under 8.4. Or Brandon Ayuk would have more receiving yards if he had a better quarterback over under 120 yards. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which one of those would you actually bet? Oh, man. Debating, Dak, debating Dak's run, pounds of garbage thrown, will there be a shirtless Fitzmagic, mentions of Big Ben's last game, shots of giant thermometers, or Ayuk would have 120 or more yards if he had a better quarterback. I mean, I think the I think the gimme bet would be Ben's retirement. Like, oh, you take over infinity, right? Yeah, you'd have to. I think. <laughs> I I mean, it, the, there is literally in terms of mathematics somewhere one of our listeners works in the field of mathematics and just went, "Oh my God, you can't bet over infinity." I can't bet under infinity either. So, <laughs> That's true. Damn it. Infinity is is a non quantitative product. So, but it, it felt like that. It felt like that. So uh, the, the rest of them were, should the Raiders be proud of the season? Um, over, under, number of ads for the Guitar Hotel. <laughs> oh, my God, that freaking hotel. Like, I understand that it's cool, but you're inside of it. How are you going to know you're in a, in a guitar? All right, so again, this is Bleacher Report. What do you think they put the number on the over, under for number of ads for Guitar Hotel? What do you think that number is? <sighs> like 20? <laughs> 33. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, shots of crying Cowboys fans over oh, under 18 and a half. I would put that higher. <laughs> I would take that way over. That that would be my bet of the week. I'll take the over on that. Um, yeah. Uh, and then the last one was color of Gatorade. Jackson Mahomes dumps on himself. And then uh, there's just odds based on Gatorade color. <laughs> but I just, I'm just, if you haven't seen it, you got to go see it. it. It was really freaking good. But I think of all of these, the shots of crying Cowboy fans, I'll take the over more than 18 and a half. So that leads us into our recap. Let's recap. So full disclosure, no metric this week. Why? I didn't have time to do it. I'm just going to be honest. I did not have time to put the metric together this week. It's a short slate, and DFS is going to be a short slate. We'll still do our picks, but I'm not going to have metric picks for you this week. So we're going to spend a little more time talking about the actual games this week. So let's, so we start with what's come, let's start with what happened first, right? Okay. So just really briefly, your thoughts, we're going to go game by game. Just give me a minute or two on your thoughts on the games. We'll go in order. So Raiders, Bengals, Bengals defeat the Raiders 26 to 19. Bengals, what was their first win? First playoff win in 31 years. Right. And they did not lead in any offensive category. Carr led, Car, Car led in passing. Jacobs led in rushing. And Jam, oh no, there's Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase had nine for 116. It's just the the picture of him that the shirt is so dark it looks like Raiders black. <laughs> so you being the Bengals fan, take it away. What was your takeaway from this game? Uh, my takeaway was yes, I was completely nervous. Um, I was trying to not overly pay attention to the game at certain points, uh, but that was just mm-hmm. me. Uh, the refereeing now I've I yelled oh, about yeah. this in our thread, but it is so yep. stupid to me, and I I slightly Terrible. understand why the NFL does it. You take you have you have referee crews that work together the entire season, and then important games happen like the playoffs, mm-hmm. and you break them up, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're putting what five six refs together who have never worked together that season before, yep. and it's it's stupid, <laughs> it is just stupid. The referees in that game were absolutely terrible. They're not working another yeah. game in the playoffs, luckily, no. but it was just bad. That whole whistle debacle. There, the friggin' the other one where there were two flags on the play, one for um, roughing the passer, and then there was too many men on the field, and then one person on the Raiders, I forgot who it was. He was smart and noticed there were too many people on the field. He tried to call a timeout, which is a 
totally smart play heads up play by him. So right. I give I give him credit for that. But the play went off before the referee signaled there was called timeout, and then it took ten minutes for them to figure out if there was actually call a timeout or not. It was just it was just bad. So, so take bad. it from a guy. Take it from a guy <laughs> who actually did officiating on the amateur kind of like recreational level. I was a softball umpire for two seasons, and I can tell you right now, who you work with and the frequency you work with them is so important. There, I mean, this is a Sunday morning rec week I'm talking about. It's not like, oh my God, you were calling competitive games. No, I got offered an opportunity to call state tournament games. I was like, fuck no. <laughs> These guys on Sunday mornings want to kill me when I call a strike. I'm not going to a goddamn <laughs> state tournament. These these guys barely pull themselves out of bed and put on pants to come to the games. I'm at. There's no way I'm going to a game again. Again getting murdered at a state tournament. Um, and so I guess that was, that said to be, Hey, kudos to you. You call a decent game that, but I'll tell you this right now. There, there were guys that if I drove up to the field and there were certain people out there, I was like, all right, great. I'm working with this guy today. I know how he works. I know what he does. I was great. And then there were guys who were like, all right, he's a nice guy, but calling games with him is the worst. We had one, uh, one guy whose sole purpose in umpiring was to find a way to get paid for a game without actually calling the game. That's impressive. Yeah. I mean, it was like, well, how can I still make money for, off of this, but I don't have to call a game? I saw him once in like the third inning of a seven-inning game throw out a guy, and then when another member of the team argued with him, he threw him out, then looked at me and went, they don't have an eligible lineup, we're out of here. Damn. And I'm like, What? <laughs> And he was like, we leave. And I was like, okay, I was the junior umpire on the crew, so I, I followed him off the field. And then when the head umpire was like, so, so what happened? I'm like, he threw two people out. They didn't have a legal lineup. He told us we should leave. You know, things like that. There was one time we had a rainstorm and there was a puddle on the field. He waited until game time. And when no one from the town crew showed up to fix the puddle, he called the field unplayable, but he called it after the start time. So we got paid for the game. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, weird stuff like that. So I, I, there's... When you work with people, and this is what I'm getting at with telling all these stories, when you work with people in any sort of officiating kind of format, you get to know their their ways. You get to be able to predict their ways. I worked with one guy who covered the field like a freaking pro. Like if I was calling home plate, I didn't have to worry about making a call at any base. And sometimes you do. Sometimes you're expected to come out from home place and, and cover third third base depending on the situation and the play. We had all this training around it. This dude would race across the middle of the diamond and scream, I've got it, with a hand in the air. And I wouldn't have to leave home plate. But I knew that about him. I knew that. I would take three steps out of home plate, and if he yelled, I got it, I backed off. You get that familiarity working with the same crew. So your point about them missing and changing these crews up is absolutely dead-on accurate. It is the stupidest thing of all time. You rate a crew, and you assign a crew. You don't make these all-star games where it's all-star, oh, well, I'm taking this ref and that umpire and that line judge. No. Yeah. If the crew works well together, assign the crew. Stop grading individual officials for these jobs. You can still grade individual officials for feedback purposes, but for assignment purposes, assign the crew. Right. And they even had referee for all these games, and partly because of COVID, they even had referees on the sidelines with the coaches. Yes, they had backup officials. The NFL was prepared in case one of their officials should literally drop dead on the field. Yes. So there was that. And then let me just get, I'll just get this out of the way. If anyone's a Raiders fan listening, I'm sorry the Raiders lost. I've never had anything I'm against not. the Raiders. You know, Britt, I do. it's a little different because, you know, it's AFC West. But that ball, that the referee blowing the whistle for some unknown reason had absolutely nothing to do with the defensive backs not covering the ball. Did they, not listen to the words coming out of my mouth. It did not change the outcome of the play. It did not. They stopped running because they saw Joe Burrow run towards the sideline and just launch the ball. And they're like, oh, he's out of bounds, whatever. I don't care why they stopped running. All I know is they didn't. They, they stopped running, and it was not because of an inadvertent whistle, because they had slowed down prior to the inadvertent whistle. Go back and watch it again. The DBs slow down, and then you hear the whistle. Right before the catch. <laughs> yes. 
Yes, I mean, there's no question. But if anyone's sitting there saying, oh, it was because of that, then that's BS. That is BS. That is not the reason that touchdown was completed. All right, let's so, move on because so we yeah. got a lot to cover. Yeah. Patriots absolutely get demolished by the Bills. I was smiling at halftime, not because it was 27-3, to but because it seemed like a great opportunity for me to make a mid-game bet. I open up my app, and the Bills are plus 24. And I'm like, this is a <laughs> gimme. And I put 10 bucks on the Bills, and they lose by 30. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Josh Allen has 300 yards passing and five touchdowns. Singletary scores two touchdowns. NFL Network um, on SiriusXM the next day called it the first perfect game in the history of the NFL because it is the Bills never never punted. Okay. They never they never faced a fourth down, and they scored a touchdown on every possession. Oh. The reason it's forty seven is because they did not convert extra points, one in the second and one in the third. I don't know if they I don't remember if they went for two or they just didn't miss a kick. I don't even know. I don't really care. But every time they only had seven possessions that entire game. And they had seven touchdowns. That's all I can say about that game. What are your thoughts on the Patriots and the Bills? I thought the Bills were gonna win. I did not know they were going to demolish the Patriots. I know I think since probably, you know, he he's always felt a little iffy about this Patriot team. So, yeah. but he's I didn't think I didn't think on. they were going to lose the way they that lost. Badly. Right. I thought I thought getting 24 points at halftime and now granted they're down 24 points, but I I'm like this team's going to come back. This game's going to be this game's going to be 10 points at the end at, at worst. And I actually almost put, I was looking at like the, the Patriots' money line was like plus 1,800. I'm like, should I put $5 on the money line? Because the Patriots could come back and just win this fucking game. And I didn't do it because it's good. I would have wasted five more rounds. <laughs> so that was Saturday. Sunday, speaking of games I didn't think would be a blowout, the Buccaneers disassemble the Eagles 31-15. The 15 points for the Eagles come in the fourth quarter when nobody gave a damn. It was 31 <laughs> nothing, and then the Eagles scored 15 points. And the only people who thought that mattered were people on the Eagles' sidelines I thought the Eagles would make a better showing of this. They clearly didn't. I did. They I had a lot of they had a lot of penalties too. A lot of penalties. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say it right now. I don't think the Bucks are that good. The Bucks are 13 and four. Yep. I know what their record is. <laughs> They're also six and three on the road. People forget that. Oh, the six and three. That's still a 67 percent chance. Yep. <laughs> And they're going to have to go to Green Bay unless San Francisco pulls another rabbit out of its hat, which I don't think they're going to this weekend. We'll get to that uh, in a minute. Yeah, we'll get to that. I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe, but probably not. So, Bucks eagles your thoughts? Uh, same thing. The Eagles just looked... They looked lost. Like, they just didn't seem like they knew what they were doing. And by this middle of second quarter, it, like they, I don't even feel like they wanted to play at all. Like, I sent a text bad. to the group. I sent a text to the group at the end of the first quarter when it was 14 nothing, and the text very simply read, did anyone tell the Eagles they had a game today? <laughs> and the answer is no. <laughs> yeah, that's how it felt. The Eagles felt completely unprepared. So not much more you can say about that. Niners-Cowboys, the only close game <laughs> of the weekend, really. 23-17. to uh, Yeah. So here, I'm not even going to talk about the game. I'm gonna t- I just want to say this. Dak Prescott... I, I am extremely Ugh. disappointed in his behavior in the post-game press conference. He apologized. I don't care. I, I, think, and, I don't think he's up for the Walter Payton Award anymore, though. No. <laughs> he, he approved of trash being thrown at officials. He screwed up that play. It's a play that, listen, that play is so common that, who was calling that game? Was that game, was that CBS? That was, um... Their last quarterback. What's his name? Romo. That was Tony Romo. It was Tony Romo. <clears throat> Romo called it. Romo. He's really go good back, at that. He, he is good. <laughs> well, but Romo, the moment he took off, as soon as he passed 10 yards, if you go back and listen to it, you can hear Tony Romo audibly groan. <laughs> there he goes. And all of a sudden you hear, oh. <laughs> and then after the play, Romo explained it. You know, everyone practices this. 
You need to get closer. You run 10, maybe 13 yards, and you slide. You don't try to make the whole play there because you need time to spike the ball. That's number one. Number two, no one... I, I've never played a snap of competitive football in my life, and even I know the official has to set the ball. Yes, you think the, the quarterback and the center out of everyone on the field should know that. The only time that works is in rugby. Yes. I have seen that where, oh, the ball's down, the guy gets up, he takes the stance, and he snaps the ball to the side. The umpire and the referee just stays the hell out of the way. That's the only time that that's actually legal. Dak knew this, and he just brain farted on it. So he screws up the setup, then he screws up the secondary execution, and then he goes to the press conference, and he throws the fans under the bus. <laughs> the end. Yeah. Your thoughts? I I, that was, I know Mike McCarthy said that was the right play to call, and he what he's correct. That was the right play to call, but he just has horrible time management. They had 14 seconds with no timeouts. Yep. Like, you can't have your quarterback run 17 yards. He's got to go 10 and slide. With That's no timeouts. McCarthy, right. Right. McCarthy <laughs> thought he was going to do it the right way. Yeah, but the thing is, he said that they practiced that every Friday and Saturday. The Do way you? Romo talked about it, the way <laughs> Romo talked about it, it's common to practice this. Mm -hmm. This is not, <clears throat> oh my God, Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott came up with this great running play if they get if they need it. This is commonplace around the league, and you didn't execute it. And the other thing is too, like people are saying, oh, the referee is too slow getting to the ball. You know what? Players are taught, players are taught if you're in that situation to find the umpire and give him the ball. Yep. Just give one of them the ball. Yep. Don't wait for them to run to you. Yep. It's and not their the, job oh, to be in like athletic shape to like run after you. That's not their job. Right. And oh, he bumped into me as I was setting. The ball wasn't set. You can't do anything there. You are in his way, not the <laughs> other way around. Exactly. And breaking news, the umpire's behind you when you're running that way, so you know he's coming from that direction. It's not like the umpire was in the wrong spot. Yes, exactly. <laughs> D D Dak Prescott has to own, and this is why it pisses me off, because now we're, oh, Mike McCarthy might be replaced by Kellen Moore. You have done this already, Jerry. You fired a good coach to bring in the guy you just fired to bring in another <laughs> good guy. Yeah. I don't... But this guy ain't no, ain't no Jerry Jones Cowboy. Right. Well, you know what? Hiring Jerry Jones Cowboys guys has not worked for you. Your last not since Jimmy win, Johnson. <laughs> he, he wasn't even a Cowboy guy. You stole him from the University of Miami. <laughs> That's true, too. <laughs> you stole him from the University of Miami. Your last Super Bowl run was under Barry Switzer. That pause is intentional there, folks. My mic did not cut out. Barry <laughs> Switzer is the last coach that took you to a Super Bowl. Crazy, right? Meanwhile, in Kansas City, Big Ben's career is probably over. 42-21 Chiefs. <laughs> Chiefs started out slow, which was the only thing that shocked me about this entire game is because the Chiefs have been such a first-half team. So when it was 0-0 at the end of the first quarter, I began to drink heavily. <laughs> because I thought this game's going to be seven nothing Chiefs at half, and the final score is going to be twenty one fourteen Steelers. <clears throat> Didn't happen that way. The Chiefs came out in the second quarter and realized they need to play, and they absolutely obliterated everyone. Byron Pringle catches a touchdown pass. Thank you, Byron Pringle. Um, Jared how did, McKinnon. I, how did you? How, well, how did you feel about your your coach comparing the Super Bowl to cake? I, it's Andy Reid. Andy <laughs> Reid's going to do Andy Reid things. <laughs> Listen, I just, I, I, I go back, I, 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 again, I've been thinking about Bleacher Report this week, and I watched it, the episode from, I think it's last year's Super Bowl, or might be the, it might be the, yeah, was it last year's Super Bowl? I think it was, where they did the Avengers Endgame parody, where Tom Brady was Thanos, and <laughs> in that one, there's a part where Andy Reid is looking, on the, sitting on the bench, and he looks like he's having a seizure, because he's playing Doctor Strange. And Patrick Mahomes just explains to somebody standing nearby, no, that's just how coach game plans. The dude <laughs> operates on a level that just does not, isn't normal. Nothing shocks me with Andy Reid says it, so I'm fine with it. If... <laughs> yeah. 
Then Cardinals-Rams, we kind of covered this one a little bit already. 34-11. Matt Stafford looks all right. The most shocking thing is that Sony Michelle carried the ball more times than Matt Stafford completed it. Actually, the same number of times, 13. If you had told me Matt Stafford was going to win this game with only 17 passing attempts, I would have told you you were nuts. Yeah, my thing was he couldn't, he, he couldn't have more than one interception. And he had zero. And he had zero, and they won. He had zero, and they win. Now, here's, here's the question. Between the Eagles and the Cardinals, if both of those same teams played the same way, if they played each other, who would win? Oh, the Cardinals would just decimate the Eagles. I'm, I'm st- you're talking to a Kyler Murray homer, though. I'm a bad example. But I think the Eagles, I think you're right. The Eagles are a completely lost team. They just don't know what, they don't know which way is up. They should not have been in this playoff. They are the, the extra team. They the should Eagles not. and Steelers should not that. have been the in the Eagles playoffs. And the Steel- think about that. The Eagles and the Steelers were in the playoffs and the Colts were not. Right. Right. And now, of course, they're going to, you know, they're going to throw Carson Wentz under the bus. But listen, you need to put, you need to, you need to go out. What you need to do is you need to go out this season is cut all of your wide receivers, get like six running backs on that team and just understand that his, his typical stat line is going to be three for eight for 12 yards. Because that, that it, dumping off the ball is all he's going to be able to do. So, all right, let's talk. Let's look ahead. Let's look ahead. So now we're into the divisional round. Yep. So we'll go in order. Once again, the Bengals draw the early assignment. We have Bengals at Titans, four thirty on Saturday afternoon. Take it away, Craig. What, what do you like here? Tennessee is a three and a half point favorite at home. That's pretty much even because the. The logic has always been three points is what you get at home. So on a neutral site, this would be a half-point game? Yeah, I think the big thing... So I don't have any question that the Bengals can score against the Titans' defense. They definitely can. The Titans' defense is ranked very low, especially against the pass. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to have an issue. That My issue is with the two injuries that happened on the Bengals' defense and the iffiness they had sometimes. That's what worries me. Mm-hmm. The upside is right now, as of right now, Derrick Henry is still iffy. Like he's coming off yeah. of foot surgery from a broken foot. And usually like if this happens, say if it happened in October, right, he would come back in December, but then he would be like probably on a snap count. So even if he does play, I don't know how they're going to use him or what his foot can do. So We'll see. So the Derrick Henry factor is probably the biggest thing for me. I mean, they, I think it was last year, last season, the Bengals beat them last season. So this, the Tennessee isn't unbeatable. It's just yeah. hopefully the Bengals defense shows up. I think Tennessee's a paper tiger. I think 12 and five, they had some big wins and yes, they beat the chiefs, but they beat the chiefs in the middle of their early season slide when the chiefs were trying to figure out who the hell they were. Um, Titans are seven and two at home. Okay. Bengals are five and three on the road. So I mean, you're just as, they're just as good away as the Titans are home in most respects. Um, I think uh, I think I think the Bengals have a chance to win this game. I here's here's regarding betting. I think I'm going to stay away from this game until I hear if Derrick Henry's out. If Derrick Henry if Derrick Henry plays, I'm going to take the Bengals because that line is going to shift big time mm-hmm. against the Bengals, and I don't know that they're going to use him a ton. Because I think this game is going to need to be a little bit more high scoring. The over-under is 47, and I am totally leaning towards the over on that, regardless of whether or not he plays. That's true. I think it's going to come down. Well, it's going to come down to that and which version of Ryan Tannehill shows up. Yeah. I mean, this. What the thing that the thing that can't happen is the Bengals can't get comfortable. The Bengals go up 21 nothing, and there's no, a couple of just, early miscues. They just have to keep scoring. They have like, to keep their foot on the pedal. And that's where your inexperience is going to hurt you. This is, again, this is every, everybody on that team, Burrow, Mixon, Chase, this is all their second career playoff games. They've got to keep their foot on the pedal. So, but I, I think I, I like the Bengals in this game, honestly. I really do. Now, that's also semi selfish because if the Bengals <laughs> beat the Titans and the Chiefs win, then the Chiefs get the whole host of the AFC Championship, which is better odds for the Chiefs. But either way, if the Chiefs win, they've got to play a team that they've already lost to this season. So it'll be interesting. The night game is 49ers at Packers. Packers are a six-point favorite. It's going to be 12 degrees and clear at Lambeau. <sighs> I want to take the Niners here. I took the Niners last week. 
Did you? I took the Niners last week. Yes, I absolutely took the Niners last week. Um, made some decent money on that too because nice. I, I bet them. I bet them. I parlayed the money line with not with the points. The money line with the under. I think it was or something like that. I can't remember what it was. Oh, and an Elijah Mitchell touchdown, and I, I made some decent money on that. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm gonna. I, I want the Niners here, but. The reality is the Packers haven't lost at home. They don't. They play well at Lambeau. Yeah, I mean, the key is going to be what Debo Samuel does, and a few of the 49ers are hurt. So, like Including Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> if yep. Trey Lance starts, they're they're done. Oh yeah, definitely. If, if Trey good. Lance starts, they're done. The simple fact that they're thinking about getting rid of Garoppolo blows my mind. They put up a stat that they're like 33 and 15 when Garoppolo starts, and they're like four and 12 when he doesn't. And I'm like, Trey Lance is not ready for prime time yet. <laughs> so I don't know what the hell they're thinking. But all right, Sunday, three o'clock, Rams at Bucks. I'm taking the Rams. Uh, me too. I'd like the Rams in this game. I'm taking. I'm taking the Rams. They they're gonna run the shit out of the ball. I think the defense is gonna harass the crap out of Tom Brady. I just I like. The Rams here. Will I be absolutely shocked if Tampa wins? No. But Tampa's only giving three. I'm gonna take the under too. I think it's it's 48 and a half, and this smells like it's gonna be a defensive game, as defensive a game as it's gonna it could be, but I, I, I like the Rams here. Yeah, me too. But if the Rams defense plays the way it did last weekend, uh I think the Ram I think the Rams are gonna be in good shape. Yeah. And then the Sunday nightcap is Bills at Chiefs. I want to apologize in advance to my father-in-law, <laughs> who is a Bills fan. I'm obviously not picking your team here. <laughs> Kansas City is only a one-and-a-half home wow. favorite. That is shocking to me. That means neutral site. The Bills would be favored. It's going to be 43 and partly cloudy, but it's going to be at night. I think I think the Chiefs, I, obviously, as a Chiefs fan, i got to think the Chiefs pull this off. What is interesting to me is that this is the only over-under this week that's over 50. It's 54 and a half. I think this game is going to be an absolute fantasy shootout. Oh, but yeah. I also I also thought that about um, the Arizona, the Cardinals and I Rams. I think a lot of people and, did, so it's all right. <laughs> so I, I'm going to take the Chiefs over the Bills. But again, that's I think the games on Sunday are, are not going to be a shock to me. You know, I, I think the only thing that would be shocking is if all four of these games ended up being blowouts in either direction. I think these are going to be much more competitive games than last week. What do you think about uh, those and Chiefs? Yeah, I think they I, they'll definitely be more competitive. I do like the I do like the Chiefs here. Uh, like like you said before, it's you know if this game goes over sixty, I'm not going to be shocked. Uh, because right. the Bills, the you know the Bills are playing pretty good football right now, and the Chiefs are the Chiefs, so. Uh, that game, def I would definitely take the over in that game. Yeah, I mean it's 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 close, but I like it. Uh, all right, so let's get on to picks. We have word from the source. The source is just gonna play it straight this week. He's gonna he's gonna parlay the Bucks at minus three with the Chiefs at minus one and a half. He likes both of those home teams. Uh, me, I'm gonna avoid lines in general this week. I am gonna go on player props. Oh. And my player prop is I am parlaying Debo Samuel to score a touchdown with, um, oh God, I, who did I have? It's going out of my head now. I gotta go look it up. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> he he's not playing. No, he just said. Oh, surgery. I. Well, you two, tell me your pick. I I, I actually um, placed this better already, so I gotta look it up. Go ahead, my, tell me your pick. And my we'll picks. I think this week I'm gonna go just on money lines. Uh, okay. I think I'm going to go Cincinnati, Green Bay, Rams, and Kansas City. Straight up. Cincinnati, Green Bay, Rams. Rams, Green Bay, Kansas City. So you're taking all the home except for the Rams at Bucks. You're taking the Rams over the Bucks. Everybody uh, else is taking the home team. And I'm taking Cincinnati over Tennessee. Oh, okay. That's right. Oh, De Debo Samuel and Byron Pringle. I'm part of oh, there. You go. That's what I. So if I put all those I, on one ticket, what are my uh, what's my odds? What you oh, you want you want me to calculate that? Okay, oh, wait, yeah. wait, wait, money lines. Yep. Uh, okay, hold on a second. I gotta. I'm I'm in the app. 
All right, so give me. All right, so you want Bengals? Yep. With Packers? Yep. With Rams? Yep. With Chiefs? That's a yep. four-leg parlay. That would be plus thirteen sixty-seven. Ooh. Hmm. So a ten-dollar bet would earn you one hundred and thirty-six dollars and seventy-three cents. I like that. <laughs> I like it enough to put like five bucks on it. I'm gonna go cheap. <laughs> I, I think you know that you're not you're not you're not crazy there. You're not crazy there. I think that I think that that's a that's a possibility. Oh my god. They're doing correct score parlays. Like you give an exact number and oh they give you god. odds. Like if you if you predict that the Bengals game will be 1917 Bengals, it's plus 31,000. <laughs> Where's that Damn it, we need that damn book from Back to the Future. I just want it for one weekend. Seriously. Okay, so wait a minute. Put a final score on this game. The Bengals game? win. Uh, final score. I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm gonna say twenty four seventeen. Twenty four seventeen is plus fifteen thousand. I'm putting a dollar on it right now. <laughs> if that hits, we just won one hundred and fifty dollars. There it is. I just put a dollar on that right now. That's that is crazy. That that's that's even possible for me to bet on that. It's crazy. That's that's insane. All right, so before uh, before we, we move on to, uh, we'll talk about fantasy really briefly. We'll talk about DFS really briefly. But uh, Pete Prisco has, uh, from CBS Sports has uh, posted his picks, and I think they're, they're rather interesting to share. So really quickly, he's got um, Titans 27, Bengals 20. So he's got the Titans advancing there. Uh, he's got the Niners losing to Packers 29-21 in favor of the Packers. He does have the Rams over the Bucks at 30 to 28. Okay. And he has the Bills over the Chiefs at 34-33. Um, the only pick of his I openly agree with is the Rams over the Bucks. I think everything else is kind of a stretch. So just thought that would be interesting to toss out there. Hmm. All right. Fantasy. Last weekend was a I screwed up bad. I did my lineup on like Wednesday night when they announced that they expected um Leonard Fournette to play and I forgot to check it on Saturday and I left him in. So it was a complete wash this weekend. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even sit here and say, Oh my God, you know, let's talk about how my, cause my DFS was my DFS sample was bad and I did not do a metric this week. So, um, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm just pulling up uh, DraftKings right now so I can get some values in front of me. It was just, it was just busy at work guys. I'm, I apologize for those of you who are like, Oh my God, that's the only reason I tune in. Well, sorry. I don't know what to tell you. Um, people I like this week. I do like, I, Jared Allen's too expensive. I love Joe Burrow at 6,600. Absolutely love him. I think he's going to be the pick. I'm just going to go through. Uh, sorry, so let's just do that. I'm going to go Joe Burrow at 6,600. Craig, have you looked at quarterbacks at all? Uh, nope. I'm opening the app right now. All right. So you know what? I'm going to go through my picks. I'm going to go one per position and then we'll come and hear Craig's, Craig's picks in succession. That'll give him time to take a look. So Joe Burrow is my pick at quarterback. Running back, I'm probably looking. I'm I'm definitely looking at Sony Michelle at 5300. He has become an absolute workhorse there, and I love um, what he's been doing. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I might go McKinnon at 4800. I think he's too easy a pick. Honestly, you know who I really find interesting this week is uh, Samaj Perine at 4500. I know Tennessee is good against the run, but I think there's a possibility he gets some action, and he might be uh, worthwhile. Uh, wide receiver. I mean, you got all you got superstars galore. You got Cups, you got Adams, you got Samuel, you got Chase. Great. Guess what? They're all at least seven or eight K. So I'm going to be scrolling down the list a little. <laughs> T. Higgins, fifty seven hundred. Absolutely fascinated with it. I hate to say what I'm about to say. Odell Beckham Jr. is only fifty three hundred, and his role in the offense keeps increasing. Uh, Tyler so, Boyd is only forty eight hundred. What he did have a a um a drug test after that game. Good. A random, quote-unquote, drug test. <laughs> Air quotes, random. Um, yeah, so uh, I like that. I like Tyler Boyd. I like, um, I, of course, I like ben- Byron Pringle. Byron Pringle's up to $4,200. Damn, really? <laughs> I, I just, I, 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 I was the Byron Pringle I was the Byron Pringle truther earlier. Craig will tell you, I took him with the last pick of our draft, and, and I, I ended up releasing him because he got off to a slow start and I needed the space on my roster, but... I've been on this kid for a long time now. 
Uh, Isaiah McKenzie's only 3,500, and that's absolutely fascinating to me. Isaiah McKenzie might be a must-use for me in um, fantasy this week. Tight end. Uh, I'm probably going to look at Dawson Knox. The Chiefs are not good against a tight end, and he's only 4,900. But other than him, I'm looking at C.J. Uzoma. And defenses, there isn't a good choice. And everybody's between... Everybody's between 2,500 and 3,200. Um, I don't think you can take the Niners at the cheap one. I don't think you can take the Bills. The Bengals at 2,700 is very interesting to me, and that's probably where we're going to look going. So, all right, Craig, you've given me a few minutes, a bunch of few minutes. Tell me about quarterbacks this week. Who do you like? Um, so same as you, I agree with the Burrow choice, uh, especially he's 6,600. And like I said before, Tennessee's secondary is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want a little bit cheaper, you know, you could look at uh, Stafford. He's 6,200, and Tampa Bay's secondary is also not spectacular. Uh, mm-hmm. Garoppolo is cheap, but I don't, I don't really don't know. He's questionable right now, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's going to play. He was limited at practice on Tuesday. I haven't seen a report from today. I, I wouldn't count on him. Right. Uh, <clears throat> Cam Akers looked really good last week. Uh, he's oh, only yeah. 5,500 because he hasn't played. Yeah. So. I definitely but he's still more expensive than Michelle. He is. Which is and, shocking to me. And then if you want to pay up a little bit more, I know Aaron Jones is 6,800. It's going to be cold. They're going to run. They're playing. They're home. So. Yeah. Uh, Pringles, he's 42. If you want to spend up on a receiver, Debo Samuel is the 49ers offense. Yeah, so he really is. He's my chalk play would be this week. Uh, the law office, I heard, has not practiced yet this week. So if you want a cheap receiver, uh, Lazard is only 4400 Yeah. And then just, um, just uh, I agree with, da- with Dawson Knox. I think he's they're using him more in the playoffs, and he's not horribly expensive. Just to put it in perspective of how much Debo Samuel has come, since week he, he was out week 13 or was that this bye week? I can't even tell. There's just two weeks he was out, week six and week 13. So I have no idea which was which. I, he was on my fantasy team this year, the, the one that, that actually, Craig, sorry. Um, Thanks. Since, since he, he's only had one game with under 15 points, and that was week 14 against Cincinnati. His stat lines have been 18, 31, 17, 29, and 20 against Dallas. I... I I just don't see, and I'm looking at this. I'm like, all right, well, he scored. He scored uh, 17. His worst week, outside of that first week at Cincinnati, that in his last four games, his worst week was against Houston. He only scored yep. 17 points against Houston. He was he had 31 points at Tennessee. <laughs> I I'm I'm sorry. I think Debo Samuel is the real deal. Where did I draft him? Can I keep him? Is he is he in my keeper range? Because I am so gonna keep him. I don't know, but you can trade him. You can trade him to me. No, I already <laughs> traded you Cooper Cup. That's the only that's the only reason you can't bitch at me. Is because I traded you Cooper I know, Cup. Oh, I know. Damn it. I drafted him. Where is it? I'm looking at it. I drafted him in the eighth round. It would cost me a six. Is Debo Samuel worth a six next year? I think so. I definitely. Ooh, Debo definitely. Samuel for a six or Sony Michelle for a seven. Uh, I think I think it would be Debo for me. That's who I'd pick. Ooh, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah, but that's interesting right there. Also, Jimmy Garoppolo, I drafted in the 18th round, so I could I could just keep him really cheap. I'm also looking to see who I have undrafted. C.J. Ozobo went undrafted. I could keep him for a 16th round pick. Just you saying. You could. <laughs> so. All right, anyway, final thoughts, Craig. We are out of time, believe it or not. Give us our <sighs> final thoughts as we go into the divisional round of the playoffs. Um. Final thoughts. I'm just gonna say enjoy the games. I don't know. I got myself a new hat. Um, the and it's the AFC North champions Bengals hat. So, um, yeah, just it's enjoy fancy. the games. Try not to drink too much unless you're a fan of one of these teams. Then you might have to. Um, but enjoy it. I otherwise, <laughs> I, I my final thought is I'm very upset with the NFL yet again because this is two straight games that they've given the Chiefs the night game, and that limits how much I can actually consume. And we all know. That you know, that's how I get through chief playoff games is 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 with the the miracle of alcohol. I actually, I actually on Sunday budgeted the number of beers present in the house. Oh, to did make you? Sure. Oh yes, oh yes. I made sure there was only five cans of beer in the house, so I could not overdrink, and I still opened the <laughs> scotch. 
Nice. I drank all five of those beers and did a glass of scotch. I might I might have to get some uh, bourbon or whiskey before Saturday. Uh, maybe you should, Craig. Maybe <laughs> you should. Maybe you should. But anyway, um, but you know what you should do? I say about what we should do. What we should do is leave a review for the Football Fig Nuts podcast. Whatever podcast directory you listen to us on, and we're on so many now that I've given up trying to list them, please leave us a review. It really helps promote the podcast. Uh, also, get in touch with us. If there's any questions or any feedback you'd love to give us, the easiest way to do it is to email us at uh, fignutsdfs at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us through Twitter. We are uh, at FignutsDFS on Twitter or at the Football Fignuts podcast on Facebook. Although, to be honest, I spend so little time on Twitter once we reach the postseason. You know, we have a Twitter person. I don't even know if he's keeping track of it anymore. So, um, you know, email us. That's the best way for us to go. Um, but, yeah, enjoy the games. And NFL, I swear on all that is holy. If the Chiefs advance and you put the freaking AFC championship on at 8 o'clock at night, I will be pissed. Um, it'll be at 6 o'clock. It's usually like a noon and a 6, right, on Super on, on Championship Sunday? I think they so. Space them out. I think don't, so. Don't, don't do it again. See, don't do it again. I don't care what CBS wants. CBS, <laughs> CBS has to deal with a 12 o'clock start. They got the Chiefs twice in prime time. They can suck it up. So. <laughs> But uh, we will be back next week to hopefully be drinking to a victorious weekend and looking forward to a Bengals at Chiefs AFC championship. Uh, Until we see you guys, please be safe out there. Have a great week. My name is Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. Hi, Deb.